Hey everyone, welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled Beer Club and podcast. Today was such a cool episode. We tasted probably the most unique beer we've ever tried on the podcast. We tasted the Hawaiian Barbecue Pale Ale from Crafty Bastard Brewing in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I was completely amazed at how they got this beautiful kind of grilled pineapple flavor without any adjuncts in it. And we spoke with Aaron McLean, the co-founder and brewmaster there at Crafty Bastard. This was such a great episode, and there's also a very cool story about an alleged Foo Fighter concert in their tap room. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Brews Less Traveled podcast in Beer Club. I am your craft beer-loving host, Molly Lamb. We are back in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I am joined with my awesome co-host for the month of September, Mike, a.k.a. The Pale Male. Mike, you want to say hello? Hello, hello, everyone. Great to be here. Great to see you, Molly. You know, I wanted to bring this up because look what I'm wearing. <laughs> you got the apron. It's an apron. <laughs> look at that. I this used mine coolest. today. I was homebrewing and I used it. Did you? Now, this is a nice apron. Uh, not only it talks about Knoxville and, and the bruise less travel, but it's got pockets. Yeah, this is a good inclusion. This is one that you can definitely use again and again. And I like this because it kind of represents Tennessee barbecue, which is a little different from other styles of barbecue. Tennessee is like a thicker, sweeter sauce, whereas like the Carolina is like a thin vinegar based kind of type of barbecue. And speaking of barbecue, we're going to be drinking the Hawaiian barbecue pale ale from Crafty Bastard today. This is going to be the perfect complement to a barbecue lunch or dinner since it's a smoked style beer. It's going to complement it really well. And we have a great guest tonight. We have Aaron McLean, who's the owner and brewmaster at Crafty Bastard. He will be coming on in just a few minutes. And I am kind of ready to crack open a beer. Mike, you want to go ahead and crack open this Hawaiian barbecue pale ale from Crafty Bastard? Oh, yeah. I've been eyeing it since we sat down. And I'm just, it just looks, you see that the condensation is coming off the can. I'm just like, please, gotta have it. Mm. Oh, man. The aroma is great. Very, I definitely get that fruit, that pineapple. All right. Cheers, guys. This is delicious. Wow. Wow. This is really oh. good. Oh, it really walks that line between that fruit hop and then that nice smoky malt. It's like the perfect balance. Wow. That's special. It's super unique. And this pale ale clocks in at 6.6% ABV. It's got 65 IBUs. So it's a little high on the international bitterness unit scale, but you know, I'm not getting a ton of that perceived bitterness. It's really, it's very well balanced. Yeah. It's one of those beers you kind of, you need to almost pause for a second to take (laughs) it all in. This is maybe one of my favorite beers we've tasted. I'm getting like that, that, that smokiness off the nose, like a, like a, like the seriously like firewood. Yeah. And then, you get the hoppy, fruity flavor up front, and then the the mouthfeel, and once you, on the finish, it's like that smoke again. Absolutely, comes back. There's, you know, not to sound like an annoying craft beer person, but this is a very complex beer. You kind of get like smoke, fruit, smoke, and it's coming from those late edition hops. I'm sure. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I really get that smokiness at the at the finish. And it's this, this nice. Amazing. It really is amazing, and this is a nice light 
orange hued beer. It's got a beautiful color to it. And it's kind of like biting into a roasted pineapple. I would say like if you grill a pineapple, that's kind of what I'm getting from it. It has a delicious sort of tropical bouquet from those late edition hops I was talking about balanced by a really savory sort of smokiness imparted by almost like their cherry wood smoked malt that they're using. So with this beer, definitely expect something different. It's not your average beer. It is not your average run of the mill pale ale. Cheers to crafty bastard, man. This is awesome. It's not a uh, a beer for beginners. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> it's not a gateway beer. This is not like to coax you into, into craft beer. This is one that's like, because that smokiness at the end is very unexpected. And if you haven't had that before, it might be a little surprising, but I love it. I mean, as a, as a beer guy, as a beer sidekick, I love this, man. Absolutely. Me too. I'm really, really loving it. Yeah. Hawaiian, Hawaiian barbecue pala. That's the one we are tasting and it is super good. Yeah. Not a beer for beginners for sure. It took me a minute to get into the smoked beer. You know, I kind of was a little late to the game on that, but now I am digging them. Cool. I mean, when I, when I, sometimes I get disappointed if something says it's smoked and then you get like a subtle smokiness. Yep. That is not the case here. This is, this is right on the money with the smoke. And sometimes I notice with smoked beers, sometimes they're almost too light. Like the body is too light. Like they can be almost a little watered down, but yeah, this one has a really nice body to it and a great effervescence. So you get this really kind of refreshing mouthfeel happening too. I bet this would be killer with food, with the brisket. Oh, now, now I want some brisket with this. Absolutely. I know. Doesn't that sound good? Cool. Well, guys, while you kick back and enjoy this incredible beer, let me share a couple facts about Knoxville with you all. The city calls Labor Day Booms Day, which is named after the fireworks celebration that takes place over the Tennessee River and also includes a waterfall of fireworks. I would have thought Boomsday would have been 4th of July. I'm not going to lie, not Labor Day, but that's super cool. I love fireworks. So that sounds really fun. Also, Knoxville is an international port. So if you wish to travel up the Gulf of Mexico or the Great Lakes, this is the place that you can catch your boat. How about that? You know, because the Tennessee River cuts right through the city, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And uh, it's also surrounded by seven lakes itself in, in Knoxville. So uh, it's definitely a, you wouldn't think of it as a port being in Tennessee, but it certainly is. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I uh, go kayaking all the time on the Tennessee River now because I live in Tennessee and that's one of my favorite things to do. Grab a beer. I had a great blood orange IPA out on the on the kayak. I was yakking up the river. And uh, that's how I spent my day off. Yesterday, I was kayaking with a nice blood orange IPA. The other week when I went kayaking, I got a black IPA. It was really tasty, but it was a little too heavy for a kayak beer. Mm. It was like really, really, really bitter resiny, like super deep resin. Uh, It was tasty, but I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to stick with the lighter ones when I'm on the kayak, like a blonde ale, you know, maybe a Dunkel. Yeah, Pilsner. I was looking for a Goza, but um, Mm. I found the blood orange IPA and, and it stopped me dead in my tracks. I didn't get a lot 
lot of the blood orange flavor on it. I was a little disappointed, but it was still a really good, still a really good IPA. But yeah, like a nice like Goza would be perfect. Let's learn a little bit more about Crafty Bastard. So they opened in 2015. These guys have two Knoxville locations, downtown and on the west side. And Crafty Bastard creates both traditional and mischievous beers, as we're seeing tonight. Yeah. Carefully crafted with locally sourced ingredients, mad science, and a nice middle finger to the mundane. I love that. They actually have a pickle beer that I tried when I was there. It it tasted like straight up pickle juice. It was good, though. For me, just a taste of that was kind of enough. But uh, it was a really cool beer to try just because it was something super different and surprisingly refreshing. And uh, apparently it started out as kind of not like a joke, but they were sort of like, let's let's throw this out there. People are going to love it or hate it. Let's just be weird. And then it stuck around and it's become a little bit of a, a beer to go see and try when you're there. I've seen them out there. I know that uh, I've had uh, some plenty of cucumber beers, like cucumber sours, yep. uh, which can be very nice. Or cucumber goza. Uh, I've had uh, that before. But there's the pickleback, which is a thing in, in bars where you, mm-hmm. where, what do you do? You do a shot and pickle juice at the same time? You do a shot of whiskey right. and then you chase it with pickle juice. And, oh. it, and it sort of just cuts that fire from the whiskey. Yeah, I love a good sour beer, though. I had a, what is it, Sequench from uh, Dogfish Mm -hmm. Head. I had that last night. I do a little music booking on the side. I manage some artists, and I had two of uh, one artist I manage and a friend of mine play last night in Chattanooga at this cool little kind of like English pub tavern place. And I was crushing a couple sour beers, and that was a nice way to spend the evening last night. You've just taken over Chattanooga. You know, I I can't seem to just relax. I keep being like, I'm going to have a relaxing weekend. And then I just, I just don't. But uh, it was, they played a great show. It was super fun. There wasn't a ton of people there, but there was a definite kind of just like magical intensity in the room. Everyone was singing along, requesting songs. It was great. I love live music. I, I have been ready for that to come back. And yeah, if you guys like Americana, kind of country Americana. Check out mm. James Reed and Lance Rogers. They're phenomenal. Very, very cool. But let's go ahead and welcome on our guest this evening, Aaron McLean, owner and brewmaster at Crafty Bastard. Aaron, how are you? Uh, doing well. Awesome. Aaron, it's good to see you. We always love to ask our guests their craft beer origin story. Can you tell us yours, just kind of how you got started in craft beer? Yeah, for sure. It was uh, when I was in my early 20s and um, I like a lot of people thought that I didn't like beer um, because I'd only ever had mass produced domestic beer. A couple of friends that I had um, really, uh, really had, uh, had taken a liking to it and were just shocked that I hadn't hadn't discovered craft beer. And they took me to a place called Sunspot in Knoxville. And uh, that was back when $2 pints were a thing. And uh, so every Tuesday they had $2 pints and it was all craft beers across the board. So tried a lot of different things, some things that I didn't care for as much as some things that I absolutely loved and was just really intrigued by the creativity uh, that went into it and all of the different different ingredients that were being used, all these different flavor profiles that were being expressed. And uh, I've always been the type of person that if I get really, really interested in something, um, I want to do it uh, like, you know, with music or, you know, other uh, interests and hobbies that I have. And uh, yeah, so just started as a hobby 
and uh, absolutely took to it like a fish to water. It's uh, it's one of those beautiful things that it is a uh, it is a scientific project uh, whose goal is not science. Um, and so you have to be very grounded in times and temperatures and pHs and math and everything else like that. But at the end of the day, you know, there's not a formula for making a great beer. A good beer, yes, but a great beer, a truly memorable beer, something that you're going to tell your friends about. Again, that's that's where the art comes in. Uh, Absolutely. So I've, I've always been a little left and right brand. And so like it just it it works very well for me. That's so cool. And so what's the history of Crafty Bastard? Can you tell us a little bit more about the inception of the brewery and, and also how you got the name? Uh, yeah, for sure. And then uh, also, yeah, it's uh, cheers to everybody who's uh, drinking the spirit home. I would I would love to talk a little bit more about this one uh, specifically. Absolutely. So anyway, so Crafty Bastard started again, I've been homebrewing for two or three years before I had gotten into ever even thinking about uh, it as a, as a possibility, um, as doing this professionally. The really, really interesting thing is, you know, this, this beer that you hold in front of you right now, hopefully was kind of the beer that started it. It was, uh, one of the, it was the most out there beer I'd ever made, um, as homebrew. Obviously I didn't start with this. I kind of did a few classic things, but then quickly started graduating to using different ingredients and different combinations of things. And, uh, yeah, had a, uh, had a friend who, as long as I'd ever known him was like, you know, I don't know how to brew beer for, for anything, but like, I just, I'm, I'm absolutely in, enamored and in love with the whole craft beer scene. And I would love to be involved in some way and, you know, maybe help somebody get their start. And, uh, he drank this, this beer, I brought it to him and he was like, how much would you need to do this professionally? <laughs> I was like, I thought he was just joking for a minute, but I was like, give me a week and I'll get back to you. And I put some numbers together and uh, yeah, the building you see behind you now is, was actually the first place we looked at. It was, uh, we looked at other places as well, but I just fell in love with it. It was, it was everything we wanted. It was the right size. It was in the right part of town. It was uh, grungy as could be. And uh, it's, uh, it's as eclectic and as weird as the beer is. So Totally. That was the vibe I got. Yeah. Just like in this cool warehouse yeah, I love the vibe at Crafty Bastard. A little grungy, a little off the beaten path, kind of unique, just like your beers, you know, not your typical situation. I really love the vibe there. Job well done. But yeah, as far as the name goes, my business partner at the time, um, we were sitting in the Thirsty Monk in Asheville and uh, we were at the downstairs Belgian beer bar and we had tr- we'd come up with different names. I mean, um, Hellbender Brewing was the first one we came up with. We were just very, very adamant that we wanted people to know from just by looking at the name, if nothing else, no reviews, uh, descriptions, untapped, anything like that, just by looking at the name, that this was a place that was going to do interesting stuff. And uh, so things like, you know, New Knoxville Brewing Company or whatever, you know, like we were never going to go with a name like that Um, Mm -hmm. or or name it after a local landmark, you know, like Mount LeCant Brewing Company, nothing against that or anybody who does that. But we wanted the name to be, again, as edgy as the space and the beers were going to be. Hellbender's cool because it's like, you know, it's got this weird salamander on it and it just sounds cool. But it was already taken by a brewery in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, which we felt was unfair because it's our salamander, not theirs. But um, so we looked and every time we came up with a name that we kind of halfway liked, um, we would look and it was already taken. And so we sat at the, the downstairs Thirsty Monk and just shot 
I said, you know what? We're going to play like, like a word association game almost. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. I don't care if it's stupid. I don't care. Just mystical mischief or like whatever. Just, just, just say stuff. And we're just going to go back and forth. And we went back and forth, back and forth. And every now and then be like, nah, that's okay. Write it down. And eventually I said, crafty bastard. And she was like, ah, I think that's it. And she like looks it up on her phone. It's like, nope. Uh, not taken and then kind of draws kind of like a little not in the professionally done logo you see but just kind of like a rough sketch of something yeah and yeah we never look back from there i do love this logo this man twirling his mustache looking just yeah like a crafty bastard (laughs) i love that that's the other thing too like a little time like and a lot of people um I think most people get this crafty bastard is a compliment not an insult and uh so the um yeah, I had uh, I had a friend in high school, and we we always talked about how like words that end in Y seem to go with bastard, silly bastard, crazy bastard, lazy bastard, whatever. But uh, the the best one was crafty bastard. We used to call each other that. You know, like, it was a term of endearment. Like you know, you crafty bastard. Like, Absolutely. That, you know that kind of thing. And uh, so I guess like the funny thing that ties the story all together is like uh, that we were freshmen in high school when we were doing this, and uh, you know we didn't keep up not for any reason, just life goes on, you know, and, uh, anyway, actually, uh, ended up catching up with him like years and years and years later. And actually he became a professional brewer as well and has worked <laughs> all That's over the cool. country, all over the country. And is actually now, um, last I heard was the, it was the head brewer at Turkey Creek Smoky Mountain Brewery in, in Knoxville. So, but he, but he worked in Wisconsin and Arizona and new, uh, North Carolina and different places like that. But yeah, but yeah, again, we did not keep in touch for years and years and years and years. And it turns out, you know, and he came back into town one time and this is when he was living in other places and working. And he was like, he's like, so the name, and I was like, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's where it came from. That's okay. <laughs> and just, uh, speaking of how cool your building is, I know you have a cool story about a Foo Fighters concert. Allegedly. Could you tell yeah. that story? Um, and so there was a second floor in there at one time and, uh, in the nineties into the very early two thousands, um, it was an underground, music venue rave club i'm sure all kinds of drugs were done in there and um in fact i know like uh, when we first opened there would be people sitting at the at the bar and like would just like look around and they'd be like i swear to god i tripped acid here like 15 years ago <laughs> like and like stuff like that and it was one of those places it was like no permits no nothing anything yeah. like that i mean it was completely underground place and uh, it was a place where people would go when you know, the bars closed at three and they wanted to keep it rolling and uh, yes legend has it and there's a there's another local podcaster who actually wants to like delve into this that the foo fighters in 1995 played a show in crafty bastard after they played at thompson bowling arena um we've we've done some research and we've talked to enough people and they have some ties around here and everything else that it seems like it's actually very plausible what my thought is is maybe one or two of the members of the band came and hung out for a little bit <laughs> did they actually play a full show who knows um but it's uh it's a very very interesting uh interesting story i know for a fact that it was an after hours club and lots of bands played there and uh i just i, I don't know 100 for sure if they did but we're gonna try and get to the bottom of that <laughs> That's cool. Well, yeah, Dave Grohl, what a talented guy. He went from, you know, being a drummer and one of the best grunge bands to to fronting another really incredible band. So that would just be an absolute honor to have him in your space. Yeah, and sure, yeah. I do want to hear a little bit more about the pickle beer 
I tried. Do you add just straight pickle juice into the, like during fermentation and like what hops are used in that? I'm just really curious about that beer. That is a Goza base. Um, that is, um, has almost no hop additions whatsoever. It's like three IBU, the tiniest little bit at the beginning of the boil and none at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, so no hop character to speak of, um, salty and sour, like it goes, it should be. And so, you know, it was one time I was like, wow, that's, we're kind of on the way to doing a pickle. Like, I mean, it's, it's already a little pickly and I was like, we do a bunch of weird stuff and like, let's do a pickle beer. And so I figured out a way to do it and, uh, expecting it to just be a one-off, a crazy thing. People would love it. People would hate it. It'd get a line out the door. It'd just be this kind of like little gimmicky thing. And that was four years ago. And <laughs> we, uh, we still make it, uh, to this day. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. It is, it is a, it is a customer favorite, um, it is the least favorite beer of the brewers. Uh, just cause it's like, <laughs> it's I feel like that happens a lot. I mean, it's pickle beer for God's sake. Like, you know, it's just like, whatever. Um, I bet it does taste exactly like a dill pickle. If you wish, I can tell you privately, but, uh, it is a, uh, it is a secret for right now. Okay. I'm, I'm going to keep to myself. Gotcha. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> wow. There, there, there are actual pickles involved. I, I could tell you that. Okay, and we have a question in the chat. Uh, Guy is wondering, he said he noticed big black cow and black Friday Kolsch on untapped. Are you guys Steely Dan fans? Huge Steely Dan fan. Cool. Um, so uh, yeah, so there is another brewery in, in uh, Knoxville Alliance Brewing Company. They're on the south side of the river. We were the first two breweries to open to do the nano brewery thing. Uh, so there were some other breweries in town, but uh, and no offense to them, but they were like, you know, brew pubs and brewed the same six beers all the time and mostly a restaurant that had had food. Um, There's like a production facility that did like three different beers. And there was not a place that was like really about the beer and like did new releases and did fun stuff and uh, wasn't a restaurant first. Stuff like that. Like the real like true like nano craft brewery thing. So the first two in Knoxville were Alliance and Crafty Bastard. And we opened within five days of each other. <laughs> wow. um, and at that time there was like two or three other breweries and then us, and, you know, now there's well over 20, but yeah, I think we were number four and five ish. But anyway, the head brewer over there, uh, brewmaster, uh, uh, Adam Engel, we had been good friends for many years before our respective breweries opened. And we were both huge Steely Dan fans, both of us. And so we've actually done 12 different collaborations <laughs> over the last six years. And they are, uh, yeah, always Steely Dan inspired. So the, yeah, there's Big Black Cow, Black Friday Kolsch. Um, we actually did uh, Big Black Cow, which was um, an Imperial Milk Baltic Porter, because uh, it had to be weird, Steely Dan, right? And then uh, we, did, uh, we did go back, Jack, and do it again. And so we did the same beer at the other brewery and aged in a Jack Daniels barrel. Um, you know, we've done, yeah, we did, we did Hey 19 and used 19 different varieties of hops. We did uh, Kid Charlemagne, which was this like kind of champagne inspired beer, on and on and on. Lots and lots of beers inspired by those. And we're uh, going to, Going to continue to do that over the years. I love that. Until, I we, like, run out of, until we run out of information. Yeah, <laughs> I like when out. breweries do fun kind of themes like that, or just like bars in general, and you know you can just kind of play around and and have fun with it. It kind of gives gives a little bit of a story to it. I think that's really awesome. I'm going to have yeah, to listen sure. some Steely Dan after this. Eat some brisket, finish this beer, listen to some Steely Dan. Sounds like a good way to end the evening after this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're definitely wanting to do. Uh, Deacon Blues at some point. It's gonna be a Scotch whiskey barrel aged blueberry imperial stout. Like for for guy for like for you, those of you who might like get the reference to some of these things, it'll be yeah. 
I mean, love it. Yeah. I don't listen to that much, <laughs> Dan, but yeah, I'm gonna have to, I want that beer though. <laughs> Let's take a beer break. So our guest, Aaron, just mentioned a nano brewery. That got me thinking, what exactly is a nano brewery and how is it different from a micro brewery? So in order to be considered micro, a brewery must produce 15,000 barrels of beer or less per year and sell 75% of their beer offsite. Some micro breweries also have tap rooms or tasting rooms, but it's not a necessity in order to sell the beer offsite. So now that we're a little bit familiar with smaller scale brewing, what is the difference between a micro brewery and a nano brewery? So think about scale and sizing. The prefix nano means one billionth, which is even smaller than micro or one millionth. A nano brewery is so small, but there's actually no defined beer quantity that establishes a brewery as a nano brewery. But there is a consensus in the industry on its general meaning. Any brewery that produces beer in batches of three barrels or less. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I see you have the uh, the record collection there. So you have the uh, uh, rock and roll uh, situation going on. You play a lot of those records uh, through the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, so how that how that and you see the speakers actually up there. If you want to, if you move just a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, do you see the speakers oh. that kind of just sat up there? Like kind of the, the there's two black boxes you see set set up there, like on top of where the menu is. Oh yeah. Um, like yeah. on top of the records right there. Yeah, and so those are uh, the really really funny story. I'll tell it really briefly. Um, so we opened our first day it was August 29th of 2015. There was a block party going on that day. So the entire block was completely shut down and there was music out there and, and we didn't have anything to do with it necessarily. It was just a party that was planned and it happened to be our opening day because we were <laughs> really trying to make some money. And anyway, so we opened and there was just a line out the door the whole day. It was absolutely crazy, just absolutely nuts. And so we didn't notice. And so we opened and I thought I thought of everything, but the next day we opened and there wasn't a block party going on. We had no sound system, no music, no way to play any music. And uh, I will censor myself a little bit, but uh, one of one of the customers who was sitting there comes over and says, hey, Aaron, come over, come over. And he's like, this is awkward as hell, man. Because <laughs> it was just—he <laughs> didn't say hell, but um, anyway, it was just—it was just so quiet. And you hear a pin drop, and so one of my first loves was was music, and I and I went home and I got my PA and my record player and a handful of records and set the <laughs> the speakers on top and hooked up the record player and just started playing records. And I yeah, over the years ended up hiring some bartenders who uh, had bigger record collections than I did and were more into it and everything. And we have an extraordinary extensive and eclectic uh, record collection and it's it's fun uh, customers bring us records all the time and be like hey I don't ever play these anymore man just 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 take them just play them when I'm in here and so it's um, yeah it's just another kind of crafty thing that's, that's great awesome. is that part of the interview process for bartenders and what's your vinyl collection look like <laughs> You, you're not required to have vinyl to be a bartender crafty by any means um, just many of them do <laughs> So we talked about the pickle beer and we got the, we got the, uh, the Hawaiian barbecue. Is there a beer in particular that's gotten any kind of, uh, really strong re What's what beer has gotten the strongest reaction? I mean, good or bad. Uh, uh so there, there's two that I want to talk papers. about briefly. Yeah. Two that I want to talk about briefly. Yeah. The smoked beers. Um, there's a lot of people who love them and who, I mean, if they're absolute, they're just like, wow, this is amazing. This is out there. 
And then some people absolutely hate them. Um, so what you're having, and I do, since this is the beer here, I do want to talk about this just very briefly. Um, yeah, this is Cherrywood Smoked Malt and uh, Vic's Secret Hops. So Vic's Secret Hops, I found to be okay. like the most pineapple There's lots of hops out there that have like lots of um, tropical character to them and pineapple notes, but this is the one that was like the most. And then uh, it has Cherrywood Smoked Malt instead of Beechwood Smoked Malt. So if you've ever had like German-style ra- Rausch beers, uh, especially ones from Germany, uh, they generally use beechwood smoked malt. And that is more of a, a campfire, uh, almost almost like cigarette ashy kind of like, I mean, it's, it's ashy. I mean, it's, it's, it's burnt. It's smoke. Um, and the cherrywood smoked malt is a little sweeter. It's a little rounder. It's more reminiscent of barbecue. And so um, this is something I did a while back. I didn't originally use Vic Secret hops because they weren't around back then. But I was like, dude, like just like all the fruitiness from hops and this kind of like smoky background would make it like a, you know, a, a pineapple pork, a, a Hawaiian barbecue, you know. And again, like this is this is like uh, my original investor, one of his absolute favorite beers, one of mine, his uh, app, one of his absolute favorite beers, and then some people absolutely loathe it. This is the one that people get the most excited when we put it on and the one that most the most pints get sent back. <laughs> so this one, this this is one and I kind of wanted to include it in this box for that reason. I mean, it didn't seem like there was a lot of initiates in your uh, in your group. So I, I wanted to throw something out there that was challenging, that was you that was most of all unique and memorable. Um, and yeah. this beer is certainly that if nothing else. Definitely sent back. Ouch. I don't like that. Well, I mean, people that say, hey, it's smoky. Like our bartenders are trained and they're like, hey, it's smoky, just so you know. Right. Um, and there's there's some people like even though this isn't you know, kill you to death smoke. It's it's a note at the end that ties very well to the hot character and everything else like that it makes a really, really nice round experience. There are some people who just like smoky, like smoky liquid, like smoking a beer. Like same thing with scotch. Like I find scotch to be absolutely delicious. It's my favorite type of, of whiskey, like more so than bourbon or rye or anything else like that. And I love those notes. And then there's some people I'm sure you know who just absolutely find scotch putrid. Yeah, um, it can just, be very polarizing i think yes yes exactly and so it's that that same thing so like when people aren't sending it back because it's a bad beer they're sending it back because they hate smoke and they were too dumb to (laughs) to read that they didn't get what they were ordering yeah Yeah. i love smoked drinks um Mm. yeah i love like peaty smoky scotch or yeah scotch and i also there was this cocktail i had one time it was called smoke and daggers in new york and they actually like took smoke and kept it in a little vessel over the cocktail and then released it. It was, it was beautiful. I loved it. Now there was another beer you wanted to mention. Uh, Oh, (laughs) the, the one that is over the top. Um, the one where it's like, Aaron, I've never had a bad beer from you ever. Uh, Well, I take that back. Um, (laughs) and then also the one that people were like, are you ever going to make that again? And I'm like, no, we had this beer. It was, it was cherrywood smoke malt, just like as in this, uh, Nelson Savine hops, and chanterelle mushrooms, um, which have this very like fruity apricotty note, but also have some earthiness to it. And it was patterned after a meal. Like I had somebody made me this like, you know, pork tenderloin that was braised with a white wine sauce and with chanterelle mushrooms on top. And I thought it was just creative and, and amazing. And I tried to recreate it in a beer. And so for the cherrywood smoked malt, I used, uh, sorry, sorry, for the porky, the, the, the meatiness, I used cherrywood smoked malt. For like the white wine sauce, I used Nelson Savine. So some of y'all might be familiar with that. It's very, very white grape, white wine type of uh, flavor you get from that hop. 
And for the chanterelle mushrooms, I used chanterelle mushrooms because <laughs> there's, there's nothing else like them in the world. And um, it tasted like a meal. Like you, you should read some of the, it's called Smoky Mountain Shrew Mail. And it has some of the most hilarious reviews on Untapped that you'll see. Uh, tastes like gravy is one of them. And it's kind of funny because you'll see ones like, it tastes like Thanksgiving dinner, five stars. It tastes like Thanksgiving dinner, one star. Like <laughs> You'll see the descriptions are all the same. It's just the ratings are all over the place. Yeah. I mean, Untapped, and- it's like, you know, Yelp, you know, people are, are very picky and happy to kind of be overly opinionated. I mean, I mean, this beer had some strong reactions on untapped. I always check out the beers on untapped, but you guys, you're going for that. You're going for strong reactions. I love it. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is nowhere near our highest rate of beer on untapped. Uh, nowhere near actually. Um, just cause there's so many like one and two star reviews, you know, but there's a hell of a lot of fives too. Mm-hmm. Like people just saying like, Oh wow, this is incredibly interesting. This is, I've never had anything like this, you know, really, really interesting idea. And then, yeah, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, three, you know, three fives and a one still get you like three and a half. So yeah. <laughs> average. So, you know, and I don't care much about that. I mean, obviously I, I love, um, getting, um, getting good reviews and stuff like that. And it's good for the business, but like with stuff like this, I mean, it's, it's a love or hate thing and that's fine. And you got Let's the reputation to, to, uh, to have experimental beers. And so that's, you want to keep that up too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, I noticed that you're, you use, a. Uh, uh, a lot of locally sourced ingredients. What's a what's a big locally sourced ingredients in uh, the Knoxville area? Um, oh yeah, and by the way, I see a couple of people saying, "Got to try that." Need to find that beer. Uh, yeah, Smoky Mountain Tree Mail was, I think, four years ago, and I don't think it's gonna make a return. <laughs> um, it, it just it didn't. I mean, my God, we 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 made one keg of it, and we had it for like two months. Like, I mean, it was oh, like wow. it, it was. Yeah, I mean, and again, it was like it was like six different people drink it. Yeah, like I mean, it was like it was the same six people that drink it, and like you know, they would get like an eight ounce pour, and that was you know, and uh, stuff. <laughs> like that so yeah. like i just i don't i don't know if i make it again i will make it for myself and it's something i would love to like include in like some kind of kind of bag like this but um yeah so we we love to do that at our at our new west location um we've actually got a mural out there that was done by our artist um alice holman we have several artists our original artists who, who drew that beautiful logo that you see anyway so we did a, a mural out there and it had pine sprigs and persimmons and prickly pears and chanterelle mushrooms and pawpaws and so those are my favorite that those are all really cool because you can't buy them in a store I, I really like the stuff that is not available in a grocery store um that has you know this limited window and it's just the it's the terroir if you will of of our area and of our beers um probably my absolute favorite is oh uh is pine sprigs pine sprigs so the the new growth on pines on pine trees in the spring so specifically white pine trees um and if you ever go you know out walking in the woods or you see them in somebody's backyard it's the new like it'll be you know about yay long and you'll see it in the spring it's this very like fluorescent green like new growth on the tree you can't use bark or needles or any old parts of the tree because it's too sappy and resinous so it tastes like pine salt but this new fresh growth, it's, it's citrusy, has notes of cherry, and only like a background note of pine. Like when you taste the beers that we use them in, you would never in a million years guess that it was pine unless I told you. And then you're like, yeah, I can kind of see that. But it is this extraordinarily complex, but like super quaffable 
drink when we do it. Um, it's one of those beers I say, like every time we use that, it is, it is a beer that rewards your attention, but does not demand it. Um, it, it is a flavor that is really, really complex and, uh, just, I mean, you could pick apart all the nuances you want you could sit down and have a panel and it would reward that, but it's not so much in your face that you can't just drink it cause it tastes good and chew the shit with your friends. Sorry. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. You okay, are. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I mean, oh. we're called crafty bastards. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're we're already going there. No, I love it. God, you guys are so creative. It's really inspiring just to hear your story and how you create and you really go for it and you make some incredibly unique beers. I mean, this is one of the most unusual beers I've had. And I mean that in just the best way. Yeah. Just the way you were able to balance the fruit, that pineapple flavor from those late edition hops mm-hmm. and that nice smokiness that is such a round a rounded smokiness, like you said, and it's not so intense. It's really yeah, it's, beautiful. Yeah, it's not ashy. It's not burnt. It's a sweet smoke. Mm-hmm. It is. That's why we call wow. it like Hawaiian barbecue. Yeah. And so that sweet smoke with those kind of like sweet fruity notes from, I mean, that's, I mean, we use a lot of weird ingredients and I love doing that. But one thing I also take on as a challenge is to make this beer taste like pineapple pork and it has neither right. I mean, this, this is, this is Ryan Heinz Like, I mean, this is, this is, this is hops, barley water and yeast and it tastes this freaking bizarre that's um, and, incredible i love that yeah, and so like that's 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 a thing i like doing as well so yeah yeah i think that's so cool yeah sticking to the reinheitsgebot german purity law which is can be very limiting for some brewers that really want to get creative with a ton of adjuncts and things like that you were able to take that and make it your own and stick to that purity of beer and those those four ingredients but really create something, yeah, that's that's incredibly unique and bizarre. And I love oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. super oh, cool. And, and, yeah. And just to be perfectly clear, when I said Ren Heinz, it's not all of our beers are that way. We use all kinds of <laughs> yeah. all kinds of fruit and spices and all kinds of stuff like that. And I love that doing the pickled that. Pickled beer? Uh, yeah, people boys is not running hand squid. No. <laughs> and uh what percentage smoke malt do you shoot for? So um, it depends on different beers. So this one is about 25% of okay. the cherry wood. So that's that kind of like softer note. Wow. I mean, we've made a Roush beer before that was that was upwards of 75 or 80%. Mm. And uh, it had a blend of beech wood and cherry wood smoked malt and, you know, a little bit of Munich and uh, some other, I think a little bit of crystal as well. But yeah, this is, uh, as far as I remember, I think this is two row, a smidge of Vienna, because we wanted a little breadiness, right? Can you go for like a sandwich kind of deal? Um, but yeah, a little bit of breadiness, a little bit of body from the Vienna. Um, probably only 10%, I think 25% cherry wood, and then the rest too. Um, and yeah, as you were asking before, I'd have to go back and look at the recipe. I don't know if it's entirely Vic's secret. It might have a smidge of citra in there. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, it is, and I actually do need to edit the untapped. Uh, I was reading uh, 65 IBUs, I believe you said, Molly. Yeah. Um, I think I think I have backed down on that. I think what you're tasting right now is much more like 45 or 50. Okay, cool. that um, makes more sense, actually. That's yeah, correct, there. yeah. Um, so I think I backed down on the IBUs on that. And then, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's a 15, a five, a flame out and a dry hop. I mean, it's, it's, it's hop bursted. I mean, it's uh, definitely more... Um, kind of more West Coast style with the hopping. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the sense that it's not just all whirlpool and dry hop, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so there is, uh, you know, there is that kind of like that kind of late hop bursted end and everything else like that. But yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I actually haven't had this in, in, uh, 
you know, since we sent the beer out and I was hoping it was going to, you know, hold up well in the can and everything else. And I'm just, I'm remarkably pleased with it actually. <laughs> we are too. And the chat has been blowing up. People are loving this beer. I think this is one of our more excitable beer drinking experiences that we've had. I mean, people are really digging it. So that's cool. Cause yeah, you never know when you're trying something this unique, what people are going to think. But yeah, I just loved the vibe at Crafty Bastard. I loved the beers there. I went there on the Knox Brew Tour visit mm-hmm. that I had uh, with them, and it was just phenomenal. I loved it. Knoxville was, it, was, was so it Zach great. or Candace? It, it was Candace, Ace. Yeah. Oh, she's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's the best. I, that was my first brew tour I've actually ever done. And I can't stop talking about it. I had so much fun. I was really impressed with all the breweries in Knoxville. I just absolutely loved it. I had such a great time when I was visiting. Uh, so I'm curious, what is your ideal day off in Knoxville? <laughs> first of all, what is, what, what is that? Um, second of all, <laughs> uh, first of all, okay. So I absolutely love, and I'm, I'm just going to limit it to Knoxville. There's a million amazing things around Knoxville. Um, and actually I would say like, I could, this is the surprising thing. Um, I think for a lot of the, the people who, uh, you know, if you look at Knoxville on a map, the first thing that's going to stick out to you is it's right next to the Smoky Mountains. Right. And so that is an amazing resource to have. And it's very close by, but I could not go to the Smoky Mountains for two years and still be absolutely enthralled. Um, as, um, as was mentioned earlier, yeah, there's seven lakes that surround Knoxville. Um, there's the, the Smokies are just this one little segment of the Tennessee, North Carolina border and everything South and North of it is absolutely amazing as well. There is every outdoor thing from, from, mountain biking to regular biking to to kayaking to quarries to rivers to lakes uh to any any way you want to go outside and have fun it is incredibly close to you and so that is that is something that i do as much as possible so i would get up uh i would ride my bike down to fort dickerson quarry and go to my special spot it is it is a spot that is only a couple of miles from downtown has some of the clearest warmest most beautiful water you will ever see i would go down there and float probably so earlier i was a session ipa but i would probably float with an earl gray because that is uh, that's the beer we were originally going to put in the box but a box but we were running a little low on stock um but that's that's just absolutely beautiful beer i would probably then go through south knoxville south knoxville has an amazing diversity of places to eat and drink uh, i'd probably have some of the fried the fresh fried pork rinds and spring rolls at landing house absolutely amazing uh, Asian restaurant right on the South waterfront. I stopped and see my good buddy, Adam at, uh, at Alliance and, uh, uh, listen to some Steely Dan. Uh, I would come back up, uh, let's see the river art. Uh, so if it was, if it was a weekend, probably the Otter Island pirates would be out doing a float. And, uh, I would, uh, have had my, uh, kayak like stashed somewhere out there, do a float with them. And then in the evening I would check out one of the many awesome, uh, uh, music venues we have around here. We have an incredibly vibrant live music scene. Obviously that's been up and down over the last couple of years because as everywhere, but, um, yeah, I would check out one of the a million amazing live, uh, music venues. Um, if I was in the mood for a cocktail, I'd probably stop by uh, postmodern and, uh, they are an amazing distillery that does all the kind of weird stuff with spirits that we do with beers. Uh, Ron, the head distiller there has been a great friend of mine for many years. And then, uh, if I was, uh, as feeling a little hungry, I'd, uh, stop by Chandler's and get me some soul food and call it a day. 
Nice. That sounds absolutely perfect. <laughs> I went to, I, I'm with you. I, I live in Chattanooga, so I have access to the Tennessee river. Like I was mentioning, I love mm-hmm. the outdoorsy kayaking stuff. I kayak like three times a week. And, uh, I went to turn club when I was in Knoxville, oh, turn Club's Fun little kind of tiki bar. I don't really love like super sweet cocktails, but they were nice after all the kind of beer I'd been drinking all day, all the sort yeah. of bitter hot flavors I was having. And it was, it was a nice little palate refresher. Yeah. For cocktails. Peter Kern Library is awesome. True speakeasy. You go down an alleyway and there's a doorbell and you ring it and like, uh-huh. you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, great, great vibe, great cocktails there. Um, yeah, really like Turn Club. Love the atmosphere. Love the back patio there. They do some good stuff. But to me, best bang for the buck, the most interesting stuff, again, is, is postmodern. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. Postmodern. All right, Aaron, as we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions. The key is to not think, just answer. Fan of lactose and beer, yes or no? Generally, no. Hops, Cascade or Mosaic? Mosaic. <laughs> Sorry. Mosaic, mosaic. okay. Yes. <laughs> home brewing or home drinking? Home brewing. Uh, what about a favorite beer to drink while you're watching television? I don't really watch TV. Um, I, I, uh, if I was, it would be uh, it'd be an English bitter. Yeah, favorite German beer. I really love a Helles, um, but my absolute uh, that would be the one I would drink. I gotta go for the Bamberg Rausch beers, man. Like, <laughs> just there's nothing else on earth like them. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, a Rausch beer. Yeah, I agree. That is one of the most unique. Be- there, there is nothing like it. Yeah. 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 Aaron, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. You're so fun. You've been a wealth of knowledge. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're, uh, so a couple of things, if you're ever uh, coming through Knoxville, check us out. Um, we've got uh, two locations. We've got our West uh, location, which is our uh, 15 barrel more production facility. And then we got downtown, which is our three barrel, like fun funk house. And uh, we have a, a, a full barrel aging program uh, downtown. And so we've got all different kinds of sours, um, generally like bottle conditioned, um, generally have two different ones on tap at all times and all the funky weird stuff, all kinds of cool events going on. And, uh, but just to, they both kind of go both ways. So there's like some of the funky stuff makes it out to the big place and some of the, and a lot of the standards obviously come back downtown as well. So yeah, I mean, just, uh, yeah, if you're ever in Knoxville, check us out. We have a, a bevy of to-go options and uh, things like that. We do not distribute outside of, of Knox County. Um, don't really have any desire to do so, but uh, yeah, it's, it's fresh. It's local. It's awesome. It's unique. Yeah. If you're, you're ever down this way, check us out. Awesome. Love it. Guys, thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Mike, my great guest, Aaron. Be sure to tune in next week as we chat with Matthew Cummings, owner at Pretentious Glass Co. and Pretentious Beer Co. We're going to go in-depth and talk about beer glassware. We're going to be drinking the Belgian Double Brown Ale from our friends at Elst Brewing. And let me tell you, if you did not consider beer glassware to be a work of art, you will after talking with Matthew. He had some of the most unique glasses I have ever seen, including one that actually spun around with the beer in it. Plus the glasses are made right there on site next to the brewery, fresh beer and fresh glasses. It's a thing. Cheers y'all.
Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Bruise Less Traveled Beer Club. And this way, you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep, plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Bruise Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers. Cheers.